Hey everybody, this is Luis, and you're listening to the Ordinary Yogi Podcast. I'm a yoga and meditation instructor that happens to cuss and at times be wildly inappropriate. On this show, I break down the woo-woo teachings of yoga and connect them to the real world. My goal is to show you that you don't have to live or look a certain way for yoga to affect you physically, spiritually, and mentally. You can be an ordinary yogi just like me. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ordinary Yogi Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about yoga and anxiety. I thought this was a really important topic to bring up uh, because anxiety has just been on the rise steadily for the past, you know, 10 years, especially after pandemic, that really had an effect on the younger generations, um, you know, going to school or not going to school, then wearing a mask and not. So I have a lot of coworkers that have pretty young kids, you know, you know, tweens, early teens that are dealing with anxiety. And I have, you know, family members that also are very, pretty young to me anyway. They're, you know, late teens, early 20s that are also dealing with this anxiety. And what kind of blows my mind is like, man, I can't think of a time when I was that young that I was just so fucking full of anxiety that I can't leave the house. I have, it stops me from doing things. Um, maybe I was dealing with it. I don't know, but I can't think of a time that I was. So I wanted to share some tools that through yoga and meditation, and all that sort of stuff that can help us possibly deal with anxiety a little bit better, right? These things have been studied a little bit more often. The Eastern medicine is trying to, is really trying to make a way for itself in the Western society. So I think it's worth talking about. Of course, I am not a doctor. If you're dealing with a very heavy anxiety disorder, go see a professional. These are just things, you know, a little bit scientific, but more anecdotal that have worked for me, that have worked for family. And I just wanted to share. So if you don't deal with anxiety, and you don't know what it is, let's define the monster right now, right? It is feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and even physical changes. And it's very, very heavily oriented on future fears, where fear is something that happens in the now, right? Because the, the action's happening, it's making you afraid. That's a normal thing. But when we start thinking about the future and we get into that headspace so much that we have physical reactions thinking about, you know, the next day or whatever, that's where anxiety can really rear its ugly head. And it's okay to be a little, I feel it's a little, you kind of need to be able to have a little butterflies about certain things. But of course, there's a huge spectrum when it comes to this. And I've never seen an anxiety uh, attack until my last deployment to IED. Uh, there was a, there was a younger person that came to me uh, kind of, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And she said that I'm having, I'm having an anxiety attack. Like I feel, and I just saw like, she was super calm when she called on, she came over and talked to me. But when we got into an office setting, just like alone by ourselves, it, I saw it start to build up and like, it's just heavy chest breathing. She like couldn't talk. And I was like, oh, okay. So it was a really, really, uh, it was a really surprising thing. I was like, okay, what the fuck do I do? So, you know, I coached her how to breathe. And that slowly kind of brought her back down. So that was my first time actually seeing an anxiety attack. It was very, very surprising. And, it, you know, these things kind of come out of nowhere from what it looks like. I've never had an anxiety attack, but again, I've, I've dealt with, you know, a certain amount of anxiety. So as a parts of my family, um, for myself, of course, I've making going this huge transition in my life and I'm having a little bit of anxiety about it. Right. And it kind of goes up and down. Some days I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. And the other day is like, oh my God, I'm going to be homeless. Like it's, it's either or there's like no average in there somewhere. Uh, 
But that's something I've been dealing with. And the yoga practices I'm going to talk about tend to help me kind of get more level-headed and see things in a different light. So how can yoga help? Well, when it comes to anxiety, it's really difficult to think our way out of it when we're in the middle of it. It's a very physical thing. Your body is in a kind of fight or flight or freeze a state where you can't really like, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't like be freaking out like this because like, no, your body's already in the middle of it. And what I love about yoga, it works from the outside in. So it uses the body, uses the breath. And then we use that, those tools to help calm our nervous system. So it works outside all the way in. And we can become more aware of our bodies or maybe our triggers. If some, something makes us anxious, I feel yoga makes us a lot more aware of our bodies and how we feel. We have a little bit more pause the more we practice and just notice certain things. I've noticed that a lot when, especially with Sonny now, right? There's certain times where I get really overstimulated in the house where like he's making noise. I'm trying to, you know, do something in the kitchen. My wife's trying to have a conversation with me and I can like, I can pinpoint a little bit like, okay, this is becoming too much. So I have to like either stop what I'm doing or, you know, one of those things has to kind of take a break for a second while I calm myself. When before, I was just kind of like, hey, fucking just stop. I need, a, I need a second. I can really just kind of pinpoint like, okay, this is becoming a little too much. I feel myself kind of getting amped up a little bit. And I need to relax. So I need to stop what I'm doing or whatever I need to do to, to get to a nice state. So when it comes to what tools we can use when it comes to yoga, the breath is probably the, the biggest thing. You know, I did an episode about the breath a couple months ago. I did one way first when I start, started the podcast. And... It's the most, I feel the most powerful tool that yoga can bring to anybody that is not a yogi, that doesn't believe in this shit. You have to admit that our breath makes us feel a certain way. When we breathe very, very heavy and fast, we hyperventilate, we get very amped up, we get excited to do something. When we breathe nice and slow and calm through our nose, we become a little bit more calm. This is kind of stepping away from yoga for a bit. And this is just like science shit you can look up on yourself. So these are hard nuts and bolts facts that our breath can affect our nervous system. So when someone's having an anxiety attack or has a lot of anxiety, typically their breath is in their upper chest and it's very, very shallow. It's just like a... <sighs> and that's what I saw when I saw this person having an anxiety attack. So it's kind of hyperventilation. And you know when you come to the nervous system, when you get into a sympathetic state... You're, you're amping yourself up, again, getting into that fight, flight, or freeze response. So your body's getting excited. It's getting prepared to do something out of a thought or a worry or some kind of thing that's making you a little bit scared. So in yoga, we have pranayama or controlled breathing. Or you know, I just like to think of it as deliberate breathing. We're really controlling it. We're controlling our inhales, our holds, our exhales. And what's beautiful about the breath, it's the only part of the autonomic nerve system, hope I said that right, that we can control, right? We can't control, you know, our immune system for the most part, unless you're like a super monk. You can't control how quickly or how well you digest things. But our breath is something that we do automatically without thinking about it, or it's something we can do deliberately and have an effect from that. So what kind of breaths do we want to take when we're trying to calm ourselves down? Most of the time, well, all the time, it's going to be long inhales and longer exhales. Hopefully just breathing through your nose, if you're able to do that, and expanding and breathing down into your belly. 
those kind of breaths are going to help us bring us back down. And you don't have to be having an anxiety attack to, to really benefit from these. If it's the end of the day and you're in bed and you're kind of winded up and you're like still thinking about things, doing these sorts of breaths can also help bring you down and get you into a nice state to get you ready for bed. If you're in the middle of an attack or you have a lot of anxiety, an exercise you can do is again, breathing in through the nose. And then when you go blow, you're going to blow out your mouth, but you're going to make your mouth like you're sucking a straw. So it's just like a really tiny hole. It's just like that. Breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth with a really small opening. And that little small opening is going to make your exhales automatically longer, right? Because the, the air has a little space to escape. And that kind of breathing when in the middle of attack, I find is very, very beneficial. It's just breathing in nice and deep, breathing out nice and long. It's going to slow your breath down without you really trying. And that's going to calm you down. So there's a couple studies that were, or one study specifically with the breath that I thought was really interesting. <clears throat> there were a group of 20 individuals and they wanted to see how yogic breathing can affect anxiety and the mind or rather the brain. So this was done back in 2020. So it's not that old. It's really, really new. And they found that through a four-week pranayama practice, these individuals were able to reduce their levels of anxiety just through the yoga breathing. Like they weren't doing poses. They weren't meditating, all that good stuff. They were just focusing on their breath for you know an exercise or two a day. But what was more interesting is that they did you know MRI and fMRI scans of the brain and they found that the emotional processing part of the brain, which is the amygdala, also saw some physical changes in that. So I thought that was fucking bananas crazy, right? Our brain is very malleable, even to this day. How, no matter how old you are, you can still learn new things and build new things. So after these, so what this shows is that if we continue to do this practice, we can build a little bit of resilience, you know, because our brain is changing. And maybe things that used to give us a lot of anxiety and fear may not give us the same amount. We may be able to control those things a little bit more. So I thought that was very, very interesting. Another thing we can do, of course, is meditation. Meditation, you know, I get it. It's still not super sexy. You feel look, you look a little kind of weird if you say that in the crowd. But again, this is an older study that in 1992, uh, same kind of basically study is, you know, got a group of folks, they went through a meditation practice and they had the pretty much similar results to the previous mentioned uh, study, which is reduced levels of anxiety. They didn't really do any MRI scans, but, you know, anecdotally or subjectively, the patients kind of said, yeah, I feel a lot better. So either one you want to do, you know, I feel like the breath is a really nice introductory to, you know, mindfulness because you don't have to call it meditation, right? You're just I'm practicing my breathing or I'm doing breathing exercises and breathing exercises. You can like, it's super sexy now. It's a really like, it's kind of really popular, but I mean, if you really ask me, like you're, you're meditating. Yeah. If you're calling, if you're controlling your breath and you're mindful on your breath, you're just have a singular focus. That's meditation, but you can paint it however you want, man. As long as you do one of these things, I don't care. They're both shown to, sh <laughs> to help us with anxiety. Another thing we do this less like anything else, right? If you don't use it, you lose it is the importance of the practice, right? In both studies, these things were done for four weeks at a time. This shows that continuous practice has immense changes in our brain and our nervous system. Not just because you change it doesn't mean that, all right, I'm good. And then you stop, right? Our brain is malleable. It's going to change. It can change back and can change in many different ways. 
much like going to the gym, we can build a lot of muscle in a short period of time, but we still have to do a certain level of activity to maintain that muscle. So it's the same thing. So the practice is very, very important. Um, again, just doing it once a day for like five minutes, I think is, pretty, is a fantastic place to start. And I have some, you know, there's a meditation I can show you guys at the very end of the episode that can help you along the way. The next thing that yoga, I, I think, this is just my perspective, is the movement of yoga, doing the asanas, doing the, the yoga poses. And I like to think of picture nature. When uh, a prey animal is being chased by a predator and, you know, it, it escapes, the animal typically, when it's like good and safe, it'll just kind of fucking like shake and be like, ooh, that was, that was close. That was a close call. And I feel that, you know, we're animals, that we still have that same need to get wiggles out. And if we're kind of stuck in a just very sedentary lifestyle, I feel like that energy can build up and if we don't, ex- you know, get it out of us. It can build into a certain level of anxiety and stress or, I don't know, it just feels good to move. That's just my perspective. So getting energy out, getting wiggles out is another way I feel that yoga can help us. Of course, you can do other forms of activity. You can go for a walk. You can go for a run. You can, whatever, man. You can shovel snow, which I did this morning. But the important thing is it's important to be active, to move our bodies. And I feel like it's going to help us as well. It's going to build some resilience. It's going to get those wiggles out for anything that's built up. Um, on the soul searching adventure I did, one of the exercises was about releasing anger. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we, we did the exercise and afterwards, I was really, really amped up. Like, I was like, oh, man, I feel like I can run fucking 10 miles right now. I feel really good. And one of the uh, guides just said, you got to wiggle. You got to, like, shake it out, shake it out, get all the energy out, get the wiggles out. And I did that. And after I did that, I was like, oh, I feel a little bit. I felt a lot more calm. I felt like I could sit down in one place and be okay. So get your wiggles out, folks, is what I'm getting at. So there's a few tools that I can give you. Um, all of them, I've kind of recorded them all. So there's a breathing, specific breathing practice meditation I did. It is meditation 48. You can look back in the catalog or I'll just put it in the show notes. I believe it's a five minute and we're just focusing on the breath, focusing on counting our inhales, counting our exhales and focusing on the breath itself, right? How the air feels going into our nose, going down our throat, expanding our belly. And it's a really singular focus. And I feel like it's a fantastic place to start if we're wanting to just start a breathing practice. And there's so many things you can look up. You can look up just Google Pranayama, and there's so many things. If you're trying to reduce your anxiety, I would recommend, you know, not doing anything like Bastrika, which is like breathing exercise to get you amped up, to get you a lot really energized. You want to have something that has a long inhale and even longer exhale. If you want one just right off the bat, take a five-second inhale, eight-second exhale, and that's it. And just do that for five minutes, and I guarantee you're going to feel a lot better after you do it. If you're interested in meditations, well, my friend, I have just a thing or rather things for you on this podcast channel every Thursday or just about every Thursday, I put out a meditation. It comes in different forms, different uh, types. You have some for sleep. You have some for love and kindness. You have some for compassion. You have just look at the catalog and pick which one looks for you. Majority of the time, they're no longer than 10 minutes. Some are only a couple minutes long. Some are five minutes long. Take a look, give it a shot, and let me know if these are beneficial to you. Before I end, remember that this is a practice. That if you do it once, you might like it. Maybe you want to do it twice. But to really get the benefits, just like anything else, 
You got to build a practice. You got to do it maybe every other day to start or maybe every day for five minutes and just see how that feels. And you build that skill and you build that habit and pretty soon just becomes your normal baseline. Be patient with yourself. Be kind with yourself and that sort of stuff. Doing new things sucks and it's scary. I get it. I still am very resilient to a lot of new things. But the practice is what makes these things, these changes, ever long and lasting. Before I go, and these are not cure-all things. These are simply just tools to help us with our anxiety. If you're dealing with something that's very, very heavy, I encourage you to get some help. I encourage you to talk to someone. I encourage you to talk to a doctor because, you know, as I, I don't know if I mentioned already before, I'm not necessarily against taking pills and medications, right? If they're absolutely necessary, you bet your ass I'm going to be taking them. And if it's necessary for to do to do, I say you take them for a bit, including these practices, and then maybe over time we can lessen the dosage and do something like that. But get your help, you know, put the ego aside, get your mind ready and state because it's with you all the time. And when it's not in a good spot, that is not a good place to be. I hope you all enjoy this episode. Again, I felt it was really important to talk about anxiety because it's such on the rise, especially in the younger generation, which is to me, such a, it's a travesty, man. Um, when I was 16, I was not anxious about much other than when am I going to, you know, kiss a girl or when am I going to, you know, do some stuff with a girl. And that is it, right? I was having fun and I feel like all our kids should have that. They shouldn't have too much anxieties about the future and the worlds. And could it be technology? You know, it's a double-edged sword, right? It does It provides us a lot of information, but also it provides us with a lot of information to get us anxious about. So if you enjoy this episode, please leave a rating review. I would, oh, that would be so great if you did that. Or share it with a friend. Uh, if you're playing it, put on social media, tag me in it. I would love to hear if this made a difference in your day. That is all I have for you. And I will talk to you all next week. <laughs>